Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. And welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, in a few minutes, we have the freshman congressman from the great state of North Carolina, Madison Cawthorn, just back from his honeymoon, newly married. Congratulations to him on that. But he is already beginning to make a mark in Congress, uh, sponsoring some bills that would ban vaccine passports, that would insist that the Trump border wall funds that were allocated by Congress Go to the border wall. What a unique idea that is. Huh? And of course, he's been very vocal in the last couple of days about the behavior, the rhetoric of Congresswoman Maxine Waters. We're going to talk to him about that, plus cancel culture and so much more. We're so grateful that the congressman on his first day back in Washington after his wedding has been kind enough to join us here. Very, very exciting to uh, have that um, opportunity. And we'll be talking to him about some really substantive laws, some facts. How about that? We'll talk facts. And uh, that's funny because I have a fact to talk about. If you remember, back after January 6th, the New York Times had a pretty epic story, pretty definitive, declarative, that Officer Brian Sitnik, who died after the Capitol riots on January 6th, uh, had been bashed over the head with a fire extinguisher by a Trump-incited mob. I believe those are the words that the newspaper used or something very similar. In fact, the newspaper was so specific as to suggest that he even had a gash in his head when he was taken unconscious to the hospital. Uh, all things that are uh, seem to build a narrative that the Trump rioters killed him. Then soon after that, the family came out and said, hey, no, we don't think that's what happened to him, and we really implore the media to be more careful. Uh, and then uh, there were suggestions anonymously that maybe the um, autopsy had shown he had died of strokes, uh, but no official thing. So weeks have passed. I mean, we're well into April now, almost three and a half months from the January 6th tragedy. And now we find out last night, I know this is going to shock you after last week's podcast, the New York Times was not partly wrong, somewhat wrong. It was entirely wrong. Yes, last night the D.C. medical examiner released the autopsy for Brian Sitnik, a great officer, uh, someone who we should all admire. I'm not impugning his memory one bit by raising this question. I'm simply showing that once again, the gray old lady has been wrong, not somewhat, but all totally wrong about a story. Brian Sitnik died of natural causes, according to 
the medical examiner's report. He had two strokes in the back of his brain, and it caused him to pass away. We, we miss him. We honor his family. We honor his service to this country. We think uh, men like him should be honored. And you know, tonight when we're perhaps seeing some violence around the country related to the Derek Chauvin uh, trial, uh, remember that there are a lot more Brian Sitniks in law enforcement and far fewer uh, Derek Chauvin. Again, he still deserves the benefit of doubt until a jury have peers has determined his guilt or innocence. But um, it is undoubtedly uh, true that the New York Times gave us another false story. Another one. Let's just walk through the record of the New York Times on major stories. We're not talking about back page stories where maybe they got a fact wrong and they needed a, uh, a correction. We're talking about stories that on their face, under the rules of journalism, should have been, should have been retracted, withdrawn. And they haven't been, that to my knowledge. But, you know, they just follow the news and, oh, we were wrong. Here's what came out. But let's, let's take the narrative a little further. Because remember, when the narrative of the fire extinguisher started falling apart, right? Then the story became, uh, for the narrative, uh, that... Officer Sitnik was sprayed by pepper spray, and it may have caused a reaction that caused him to die. But last night, in an interview with the Washington Post, the medical examiner said there was no evidence in the toxicology report of any bad reaction, any toxins, anything that contributed uh, uh, to his death, that this was a natural cause death by stroke. Now, certainly stress couldn't create stroke scenarios for people and i'm sure january 6th was stressful for every officer on the front lines but the idea he was smashed over the head and had a gash in his head or that he uh from the fire extinguisher or uh that pepper spray created a body reaction that caused his death those have been ruled out by the medical expert in the district of columbia and what do we know about the new york times record that's wrong right on February of 2017, the New York Times reported that U.S. intelligence had intercepted information showing conversations between the Trump campaign officials, senior Trump campaign officials, and senior Russian intelligence officials. That story did not happen. There were no intercepts. There were no meetings. There were no contacts. Not only Robert Mueller said that, but Peter Strzok, the agent who didn't like Donald Trump very much from his text messages, we can tell, the agent who was running the case, he wrote an annotation of the New York Times story identifying nine facts wrong in a single story. Now, this wasn't any old story. This was a story that drove the narrative in the first three weeks, four weeks of the Trump presidency. Hey, if the New York Times says they've been caught conspiring together, it must be true. Guess what? It wasn't even remotely true. That story hasn't been retracted as far as I can tell. The reporters who wrote it are still employed mostly in the New York Times. Uh, you have to ask yourself. Now, those are two big ones, right? We got Sitnik and uh, the wrong cause of death. We've got uh, Russia collusion, the primary story driver. Not right. Uh, we can talk about the Steele dossier. We can go through a lot of other things in Russia, but let's take one other one that broke last summer when the president at the time, Donald Trump, said, This isn't true. The intelligence community doesn't believe it. He was panned, he was mocked. We were told. Trust the media, not Donald Trump. Well, guess what? Donald Trump was right. The media, specifically, the New York Times was wrong on this story. Russian, U.S. intelligence had strong evidence 
that Russia was paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. Not true. The Biden intelligence chief said last week they had a low degree of confidence, low to moderate in the intelligence world that's called crap journalism, uh, crap intelligence, bad intelligence. Once again, a front page exclusive of the New York Times evaporated into falsity. Um, we have fiction in the New York Times, not accurate information for an important newspaper. A newspaper I've subscribed to my whole life. It's important to me to buy it. When I was a kid, I'd go to the newsstand and buy it in Connecticut. Uh, when I was in school, I'd read it in the library at the school because I couldn't afford a subscription back then. Uh, and as a journalist, I've had it on and off regularly in my life, either digitally or print for many years. Uh, it is Ben Publishing fiction, all of them to the detriment of conservatives, all of it to the benefit of liberals. These stories are wrong. Let's take the Caliphate podcast. They had it with, they did retract parts of that. That's important, but that's another one that occurred in the last year. I can go on. We can go back to the uh, false reporting of, uh, of uh, the description of Scooter Libby as a source in the New York Times stories on WMD. Um, we can go on, and we went back last week uh, to many other historic things, going all the way back to World War II, grievous errors of ethics and fact in the New York Times. This is a serious matter. The New York Times should be able and must be able to do better, and its executive editor, Dean McKay, has to either show he can lead this newspaper out of these falsities, or he should step aside and let someone else run the newspaper because... Right now, the newspaper is disserving the public interest with way, way too many big, false, inaccurate stories, epic stories, stories that drove the narrative in America, and they were wrong. There should be consequences for the reporter. There should be consequences to the editors. There should be radical change so that the New York Times can be trusted to report big stories in the Trump and post-Trump era and retract those that they got wrong. They just owe the American public a, we got it wrong, we're sorry, we're retracting the stories. They're just too proud, too egotistical, too something, I don't know what it is, to do the right thing in journalism. When Monica Lewinsky had a false report in the Wall Street Journal that she'd been seen in a compromising position with President Trump by a steward in the White House, a porter, so to speak, uh, they did the right thing. They retracted the story. I think they retracted on the front page, as I recall, but they did it right. The New York Times hasn't done much right about its egregious record of erroneous reporting. They owe us better. And once again, last night, the Brian Sitnik op uh, autopsy gave us another opportunity to realize just how far off they are. All right, one more story before we go to commercial break. And then we're coming back with Congressman Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina, a very... Uh, already making an impact freshman congressman, already introducing laws, already introducing ideas, having a conversation, does not back down uh, to woke criticism, as he calls it. He is a fighter, a different type of Republican than maybe we've seen in earlier generations. Not a country club Republican, let me be clear about that. And uh, like, nothing wrong with country club Republicans, but they're very different from what Madison Cawthorn is. And you're going to get to see that and hear that firsthand in a second. But before we go to the commercial break, one other important piece of uh, 
journalism that was committed on the Washington, I'm sorry, on the Adjusted News website this morning here in Washington. Um, uh, great story. Documents obtained by Just the News show that the former retired general, commandant of the Marines, the uh, former commander at NATO, uh, General Allen, John Allen, while working at the Brookings Institute, a liberal think tank, uh, shortly before becoming its leader, but at that time a program leader or uh, in another role, uh, made contacts with the Trump White House, specifically the National Security Advisor, General McMasters, uh, on behalf of Qatar, the Middle East country. Uh, very specific, detailed conversations. You can read these emails online. You don't take our word from them. You can read them yourself. It uh, certainly looked like he was doing the bidding in these emails of Qatar, shuttling information back and forth between the Trump White House, the State Department. Uh, he was never registered as a lobbyist, according to our reporter. Uh, and uh, here's the thing that puts the big uh, question mark around this, was as a foreign influence operation. At the time, in the year, in the time frame where uh, General Allen was doing this, often using his brookings.edu email address, Brookings had received a gift from Qatar, from the embassy here in Washington of Qatar, uh, of $2 million or more. It was $2 million to $5 million, I think was the range. Big, giant gift to a think tank, right as one of its high-profile figures, soon to be its president, is carrying its water inside the White House, uh, inside the government. And there doesn't appear to have been a Foreign Agent Registration Act lobbying report filed on behalf of this great work uh, by our team here. And uh, take a look at that uh, story on the front page of just the news, another example of lobbying, influencing, uh, whatever you want to call it, special interest influence, foreign influence. We heard a lot of Democrats upset when Paul Manafort was doing this in Ukraine, but there hasn't been a peep uh, among the Democrats on what is evoked in these emails, and it raises some questions. Do we have a double standard in America? Well, when we come back, we're going to ask uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn about double standards. He's been pretty vocal about them. Coming up right after this commercial break, our exclusive interview with Congressman Madison Cawthorn, Republican of North Carolina, freshman lawmaker, just back from his honeymoon. We'll talk to him right after the commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, in fact, a newly married guest, Congressman Madison Cawthorn from the great state of North Carolina joins us. Congressman, congratulations are in order, I believe. Yes, indeed. Just got back from my honeymoon. And you know what? Christina and I decided to get involved in politics while we were even engaged because we don't want to raise a family in a country that is heading in the direction it is. 
And so that's why we got involved so young, but we just got back from our honeymoon. We're ready to take this bull by the horns here in Washington. Ah, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations to you. It's as I, as I was saying off air, it's one of the great, it is the greatest thing that happened in my life. And, and, uh, marriage is an enormous, uh, opportunity and adventure that you'll, you'll smile about often. So congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Now there's some things not to smile about. And I, I assume one of those may be uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters comments over the weekend, kind of throwing kerosene on a ready burning fire around the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, first, your reaction to her statements. And second, do you see any double standard in Washington on how she's been treated versus other people? Oh, my gosh. The double standard in Washington is so evident and so obscene because they really, if there was not a double standard, then I don't think the Democrats would have any standard. Uh, but, you know, what happened with Maxine Waters is she she asked to go to Portland. Uh, well, not in Portland, but uh, she called for protesters. And now these protesters had just burned down an Apple store in Portland and set fire to a police department to become more active and become more belligerent. And then, unsurprisingly, hours later, two National Guardsmen were injured by a drive-by shooting. Oh, uh, you know, there's man. so many calls for Maxine Waters to resign, to be stripped of her committee. Uh, but, you know, right now we're trying to censure her, which would then take away her committee chairmanship. So that way she could not continue to spread her influence on in our country. Do you, uh, having been in the building now, do you think there are any Democrats that also are uh, have— uh, a little bit of uh, Pepsi over how she, uh, her, her words, the choice of words, the timing of her words. Do you think there's any engagement by Democrats to perhaps punish her in some way? Uh, you know what? I think that a lot of them are disgraced by the words that she said, but they will never say that out loud. You know, you have, you have to hand it to Nancy Pelosi. She's probably the most powerful speaker we have ever had because she keeps her troops in lockstep order nonstop. There is absolutely no breaking from the Democratic Party. And it's very sad because that doesn't represent our country like it's supposed to. We're supposed to be a representative democracy. We represent 730,000 people in our in our uh, district, not representing the Speaker of the House. But, uh, you know, I will tell you that the Republicans of old don't exist anymore because this new Republican Party that I think myself and a lot of new members represent, we're done taking on the chin. You know, from immigration to this kind of double standard hypocrisy with Maxine Waters, We've let, we've let the left run roughshod over us for the past you know, 22 decades, but not anymore. We're going to hold her accountable. We're going to make sure that there's a vote taken so that, we can, so that these Democrats in tough districts, even leaning Republican districts, will have to go and defend Maxine Waters' words. Yeah, that's going to be an important uh, a task, and it, it is remarkable. I mean, we're just in such a tinderbox moment. You, you see, I was coming into Washington today, and you see the police are are deployed uh, much more heavily. The National Guard's been activated here. You mentioned the extraordinarily violent uh, nights that we saw in Portland recently, and so the country's already there. The verdict's about to come down, we think, in the next couple of days, and for a congresswoman to come in at that moment with the inflammatory language that she did I think only only adds fuel to a fire that is already uh, beginning to burn. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Congress can get above partisan politics and do the right thing here and call out what she did as as wrong and, and ill-opportune. Um, you talked about the border, which uh, we, we have an extraordinary crisis. Finally, President Biden finally used the C word crisis over the weekend. Uh, but then he proceeded to uh, uh, raise the caps for refugees above what President Trump had authorized. Uh, in fact, he did a flip-flop because originally he was going to hold him there and then his liberal caucus uh, got at him and he, he flip-flopped within a few hours. But the border is a big thing. And I know you want to, you're trying to take some action in Congress. You've co-sponsored a bill 
that would insist that the funds already appropriated for the Trump wall stay there, that they don't wander. Tell me how that's going and why that's so important to our security. Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, uh, just like with the border crisis for uh, Joe Biden to fix the problem, which we know he won't. First, the first step was for him to actually admit that there was a problem, which he's done. But then obviously they instantly started backtracking on that. Jim Psaki was sort of saying that's not what the president meant. And so it makes you realize uh, Joe Biden is not in control of the White House. He's being handled by pup- puppet masters. And it's, uh, it's a very sad thing. But you know, we are trying to take action to secure the border. Uh, the first step to do that is, one, to make sure that the money that's been appropriated to secure our border, give more money to border security agents, and to help fund the Trump wall uh, continue to go there, that they can't be reappropriated by Democrats who are in power now. Uh, but also, we've now introduced something my, my staff and I uh, have created, that, something called the Donument Act. You know, think Donald plus Monument. Uh, and this would make the uh, existing border wall that's on our southern border now into a national monument. So that would mean that the Democrats can never tear it down, no matter how politicized the event gets, because that's just it's, it's illegal then. Wow. Uh, but what, there's a lot of actions being taken because, you know, we've got to get a border wall on our on our southern border, stop the hemorrhaging, and, and then we can actually deal with the illegal immigrants we have in our country now. Uh, but, you know, raising the the number of refugees and illegal immigrants, the caps that we allow into our country, the numbers should be zero, John. It should be zero. We shouldn't be letting anybody into our country until we get the 500,000 uh, unemployed veterans and homeless veterans get them a good paying job, make sure we've taken care of America first, then we can deal with the rest of the world. Yeah, there's uh, uh, the, the the number, I think was set at 15,000 for Trump, and it's going to go up to 60, 70 this year and up over 100,000 the following year. It doesn't appear that we even have an infrastructure capable of processing that many refugee complaints. And as we know, many of the refugee complaints that come in turn out to be bogus. And so there's a litigation process. It's slow. Uh, it seems like we're taking an incredibly crushed system and in, in putting more weight on, on top of it. How concerned are you that the administration, we knew they were going to do these things, right? Because they were clear last year in the election what their plans were, that they didn't prepare the infrastructure. They didn't do the P's and Q's of preparation before they opened the floodgates. Um, what, what is the long-term consequence of that lack of preparation? For the long-term consequences, you need to think about our physical infrastructure, whether it's ports, bridges, or roads. Uh, you know, we have uh, city planners and civil engineers who plan out saying, oh, you know, this this bridge right here in rural western North Carolina is going to have 1,500 cars drive over every single day. But when you start introducing more and more illegal immigrants into our country that we have not accounted for, that 1,500 cars jumps up to, what, 2,000 cars, 2,500 cars. And that means that our infrastructure is going to deteriorate faster. And now that we, the Democrats are introducing this infrastructure bill, which is something I was excited about, I said, well, you know, this can be bipartisan. We all believe in ports. We all believe right. in roads, better hospitals. But then they're starting to define the $15 minimum wage as infrastructure. They're starting to define paid family leave as infrastructure. They're starting to, de- to define giving crayons to five-year-olds as infrastructure. It doesn't make any sense. And the thing that I hate so much is that Democrats can say whatever they want because they can just turn around and redefine the words that they've said to say, no, no, I didn't actually say that because that word has a new definition now. It makes it impossible to debate with them, and it makes it impossible for the American people to know what the Democrats are doing. Yeah, such a great point. Speaking of definitions and words, uh, yesterday at Just the News, we broke the story that there's a new memo out from the Homeland 
Security Secretary's office saying that the words illegal and alien, which, by the way, are encoded in the statute and used by the Supreme Court regularly, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg used to use the word, uh, are now banned by uh, the uh, from use by the two main immigration enforcement agencies. Your reaction to that? Uh, you know what? It, it's absurd. You know, when we start censoring language, when you start saying, no, no, you can't say that, it's an Or- Orwellian nightmare. Uh, because then we can't actually say what needs to be said. And you know what? The, the whole purpose of the First Amendment was that you are entitled, you can be offended. You can have your ideas challenged. And just using the word illegal aliens, I mean, it, it, it is just stating that they are an alien, someone not from our country, and that they are here illegally because that's what happened. They've broken the law to get into our country, and there should be some form of consequences. Yeah, it's really, uh, really remarkable. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall inside the Homeland Security Department as that memo was coming down yesterday, because I suspect a lot of the <laughs> chief enforcement uh, folks don't agree with that decision and, and see it for what, what it is. Now, you've got another very important piece of legislation working its way through Congress, and I think it really gets to one of the big issues in the in the backside of the pandemic, and that is these proposed vaccine passports. Tell us what you've done, what the law does, what you're trying to get passed, and why why you took this on. Well, you know, right now we're trying to co-sponsor a bill that would block the federal government from mandating a COVID-19 vaccine passport. Uh, now, this is obviously, if we start to set up the infrastructure needed, the programs, the software, the artificial intelligence needed to actually make sure that we have a blockchain uh, usable vaccine passport let me tell you, that is going to lead us down a road that is very, very bad. Uh, you know, vaccine passports, they're just not consistent with the American way of life. He's saying that, you know, we can look into your private life and determine what you've done, and that's going to determine if you can buy or sell here. You know, the whole reason our founding fathers fought to form a new nation was to escape government overreach. Now liberals are toying with the idea of mandating a vaccine passport for Americans to buy food, clothing, and other necessities to be able to travel. Does that that sounds like the mark of the beast. I mean, imagine how horrified George Washington and Thomas Jefferson would be if they could see what has happened to the American dream that they fought for. It it is remarkable, and you know, there's all sorts of implications. There's there's HIPAA privacy, right? Does someone have the obligation to say what they they chose to do with their doctor? I mean, that's why we had the HIPAA laws and other things. So fascinating. What's the reaction been to the bill? Do you think that there's some bipartisan support to? to ban these vaccine passports, uh, and uh, certainly in the country, the polling shows there's a lot of concern about it. What do you think inside the, the, the body of Congress? Well, you know, I believe that there is some bipartisan support coming. You know, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi will try and squash it out. But, you know, there are a lot of Democrats who are in, you know, seats that, are, that they can go either way. They might be Democrats one session and Republican the next session. So these people are going to have to take a really hard gut check and say, am I going to vote for something to, you know, to mandate a vaccine passport? And that would guarantee that I lose my next election. So, uh, you know, I hope, hopefully there will be some bipartisan support. I hope the American people can express their will enough. But you know what? Unfortunately, I have to say the Democratic Party of today is not the same Democrats as, you know, JFK Democrats, you know, from my great grandfather's or from my grandfather's uh, age group. Right. You know, these Democrats, these Democrats are socialists. They really are. They want government mandates to control your entire life because these people are obsessed with power, not with helping America. You know, one of the things that I've, I, I love following your Twitter because I think you, you're very observant and you see things a lot of other people miss. And I saw a tweet the other day, uh, maybe it was actually in the last day or so, uh, about uh, 
Rep, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and not wearing a mask at a sporting event. I think one of the things that you've really, and it goes back to your campaign, but I think you've really connected on something that a lot of Americans see, and that is there's a lot of do what I say, not what I do hypocrisy in, in the left. They they want to impose these things on everyday Americans. And then when we get a chance to watch them, they're not doing it. Gretchen Whitmer this morning admitting that uh, she took a trip out of state after telling people don't travel out of Michigan. Uh, we know what Newsom did. He got, he's getting recalled for it. Nancy Pelosi, the hairdresser, and now this AOC thing. How big an issue do you think going into the 2022 election is this this record of hypocrisy of, of Democrats imposing one thing and then doing just the opposite when it comes to their own personal lives? I believe it's going to be a, a major win for Republicans. You know, so long as we can ensure election integrity, which my team and I have been working on in uh, state legislatures all across the country, as long as we can have that, I think the American people are going to be fed up with having a ruling class that says there are rules for thee, but not for me. Uh, I genuinely believe that Americans reject that. They say that, you know what, every single, you know, my home is my castle. I am the ruling class. You work for me. And so you're not going to be allowed to make a rule to give a recommendation to me and then not follow it yourself. You know, it's something that I believe all Americans all across walks of life reject. Uh, you know, you try and listen to the mainstream media. And I even hate saying that because the media is anything but mainstream. Because let me tell you, the normal average American, we agree on probably 80% of every single issue. But the, the media today wants to make it look like that so many people agree with these socialist Democrats who are in, in Congress right now. The American people do not agree with them, and we will vote them out of office. Yeah, it's just remarkable. It's uh, an um, amazing moment in history to see the the gulf between act, actions and words when it comes to the left. And, and, of course, the Republicans have been pretty consistent on this idea of freedom, liberty. Uh, it's going to be an interesting 2022 election for sure. Congressman, I know you're newly back. You got a lot to uh, work on this week. I want to let you get back to work, but thank you so much for taking the time. And we would like to get you back and follow these two pieces of legislation. They're very important. I know a lot of Americans are rooting for them. And uh, let's get you back on the show soon. Absolutely. I'll come as, as often as you'll have me, brother. It's great Th- to talk to you. And thanks for being in this battle with me and leading the way. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. All right, folks, we're going to go to quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today I think we had a lot of news. Uh, certainly the interview with the congressman, 
elicited a lot of provocative comments and thoughts, a lot of meat in there, a lot of opinion in there. He's got some strong sentiments, clearly has some legislative bills that have specific purposes. Always fun to educate people about bills and laws working their way through Congress. Really grateful for his time today and his first full day back in Washington after his marriage, his new marriage. We're so excited for him, as we are for all members of Congress when they get married. Great moment in their lives. All right, uh, we're going to go soon to um, the rest of our activities of the day, and we're going to let you go. But before we do, I'd like to shout out our great sponsors and advertisers when uh, there is an important product, something that can serve you. And one of the things in this era of hacking, remember recently Facebook got hacked. We know credit card companies have been hacked. A lot of hacking, a lot of personal privacy data out there. I sometimes talk about the extraordinary... um, concerns about home title theft and our good friends at home title lock trying to protect you on that because once someone can get your public deed data they can do some terrible mischief that economically and personally harms you uh, but another great product that I, i'm a big fan of is called express vpn because your internet service provider whether it's comcast or verizon or any of the ones that you may use whatever you use they have the ability to see your activity. If you think when you're using the incognito mode on your browser that companies like your ISPs can't see where where you've browsed, you're wrong. And when the government or someone else wants to get access to it, that data does exist unless you've got a product uh, when you're at home, at work, on your mobile devices, your phones, your iPads, your Google, Android devices, unless you have a product called ExpressVPN. Right, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through a secure server so your ISP can't see the sites you visit and people, hackers and others can't get at it as well. It keeps all your information secure through encryption. 100% of your data, whatever's going on in your device, it's protected by this ExpressVPN as it's transmitted. And uh, it runs seamlessly in the background. You don't even know it's there, except you know you got that protection. It is a fantastic product. It can protect all of your... Devices at once, your phones, your computers, your laptops, heck, even your smart TV. You can install this on a smart TV. Pretty important browser protection, uh, surfing protection, data protection in an era where so much data is constantly being exfiltrated by bad actors in the Internet criminal world. Uh, So how do you get involved in this? How do you get connected to our good friends at ExpressVPN, uh, which, by the way, got a number one rating by CNET and Wired Magazine, two very influential voices on technology, on software, always reliable. Visit my exclusive link at expressvpn.com slash justnews. Justnews, all one word, no that in it. So let me give you that again, expressvpn.com slash justnews. You get an extra three months free on a one-year package if you go in. You can try it out. It's a great product. Why not anonymize and protect your data? Become secure. Use encryption. Get into the 21st century with your security. Your device is already there. Your data is already there. How about bringing your security to the 21st century? One more time, expressvpn.com slash justnews. You get three months free on a one-year deal. What a special opportunity if you're a listener of John Solomon Reports or the Justin News website. If you read us there, great offer. Use it. It's great. Uh, very important product for security in a very insecure Wild West Internet era that we're all living in. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. 
Uh, come back tomorrow to join us again with another edition of John Solomon Reports. And of course, in between, now and then, if you got a news fix, you're hankering to get some headlines you can trust, some facts you can look at, some documents you can check yourself, not have to take the journalist's word. Well, you know where to go, justthenews.com. Always click in the Dig In tab. That's a great place to go. But that is a special place for straight news. That's what we're trying to give you, just the news, no opinion, no indoctrination, just information. Check us out day and night. we got you covered 24-7. Until tomorrow, may God bless you and may God bless this amazing country, the United States of America, as he always has. Have a great night. We'll be back to you tomorrow.